1: Free dessert for life at homechef.com slash locked on. That's homechef.com slash locked on for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. Homechef.com slash locked on must be an active subscriber to receive free dessert.
2: You are Locked On Bengals, your daily Cincinnati Bengals podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day.
3: What up, Bengals fans, and welcome to another episode of the Lockdown Bengals Podcast. I'm your host, Jake Wiscoe. He's your host, James Rapine. That's your host, Dog, Finn. Finn making his first appearance, I believe, on the Lockdown Bengals Podcast, if you're watching on YouTube. Today, we're going to start the show with a little discussion about that trade deadline coming up on Tuesday afternoon, and then we're joined by Mike bengals Sands Santagata, for segments two and three to talk about what went wrong on the Bengals defense and what the Jets did to take away Jamar Chase, where the problems were on the offensive line, et cetera, et cetera. Basically, you know, what went wrong? Because I, I think we've talked about the few things that went right uh, in our postgame show. One correction, by the way, James, that I need to make to yesterday's show when I questioned why uh, Deontay Smith did not get the game reps <laughs> at right guard. Turns out he's on IR and I just forgot. In the uh, craziness that was trying to comprehend the Bengals giving that game away up 11 points with seven and a half minutes left in the game. But one of the reasons that they couldn't close out that game, I would suggest, is that... As we'll talk about with Mike uh, coming up in a little bit, the Bengals just wanted to play zone. They wanted to show zone. They wanted to play zone. They wanted to say, we're better. We're more disciplined. You're Mike Mm -hmm. White. You can't throw on us. And then turns out that was wrong. But the other part of that is when you're just going to play what you show and just drop into it and not do anything post-snap and not blitz, which they got away from after the second quarter, you need to get home with your front four. And the Bengals have shown consistently that the past what well, the pass rush isn't going to do it on their own it needs to come when there's a coverage sack but when you have a quarterback who's willing to throw it 2 yards every play you know maybe you need to do something a little bit different but the consistent theme is the Bengals need another guy who can win on his own in the trenches on defense and you could say they need another guy who can win more consistently on the interior of the offensive line and i think that is the priority for the Bengals if they do make a trade at this deadline it has to
4: be 100% has to be the the Look, if the Bengals want to be a playoff team and taken serious, that to me, you're going to have to have somebody else that can help you close out the game on defense, which is getting a big sack when it matters most, right? What happened? The Jets got that when they needed it on defense. And maybe Trey Hendrickson will do that sometimes. Maybe Sam Hubbard will do that or your interior will will do that. But you need another edge. And did you even notice? And I'm not saying that he's not going to be able to to pull it off. Did you notice Khaled Kareem on Sunday? 12 snaps on defense. I didn't either. And so you can't bank on that. Not a knock on him. First game back might end up being great. Can't bank on
3: it. Go ahead. I noticed one play, but it wasn't for good reasons. It was because he got blocked out of a touchdown run by a tight end. So yeah, not, not, uh, not great from Khaled Kareem, but hope, you know, I hope he's better in the future. They're using him on run snaps though. Actually, no, sorry. He was on the field for, 10 pass rushing snaps didn't record a pressure but it looks like he had some wins and mike white just got rid of the ball too quickly yeah and that
4: again that's fine but i can't bank on that and so the Bengals' strategy as we record this it's just uh past seven eastern time on monday night the trade deadline tuesday at 4 p.m eastern i want to jump on our youtube and our podcast at 405 eastern time and say Oh my gosh, the Bengals aggressively addressed the trenches. They need a guard slash center. It doesn't need to be a world beater. They don't need to find God's gift to centers. They need someone that can make up for what Trey Hopkins isn't right now, which is he's not a league average starting center. He's not an average center. He's an average backup that you're starting at center. That's what we've seen from him. And I like Trey Hopkins. He's a really good guy. He's not playing well right now. And that has a lot to do with his knee injury. All right, so where's your backup plan? Trey Hill, he's bad too. That can't be the plan. So you got to find someone. Uh, Austin Blythe is someone that I would go after. I think it would cost very little. He plays for the Chiefs. They're playing Monday night. Maybe he ends up not being available. Maybe the Chiefs say there's no way we're going to trade our veteran center for a late round pick because we're a Super Bowl contender. Who knows? Uh, But someone like that. It doesn't have to be somebody well-known and then to your point on the edge, and there's a lot of options here. Um, I, I like the Cleveland Farrell connection to Marion Hobby at Clemson. I think maybe you could get him for a late rounder. Uh, not that he's, I mean, he doesn't have a sack this year. So how good could he be? Will he give you a uh, a big help there? Emmanuel Ogba could give you a big help and be a major upgrade there. You, you could get him probably a mid round pick from Miami. He's due around $4 million for the rest of the season set to be a free agent. So you know, there you go. So there are options, but to me, they have seven draft picks, probably an eighth in the BJ hillbilly price trade. It's a conditional seventh. They may get a fourth round compensatory selection depending on John Ross's playing time with the giants. If you get both of those, you could end up having nine draft picks in 2022. If you spend two here at the deadline and aggress address both sides of the trenches, I would be happy. I would praise them even if they get average players and that's uh that's kind of where I'm at. So that's high expectations, but actually kind of like mediocre expectations because I'm not talking about Xavier and Howard and, you know, crazy deals like that.
3: Or Jason Kelsey, who I'm ready to talk about, who's still it. fantastic, et cetera. There you go. Uh, it, it's tricky. And and I don't really envy being the Bengals in this situation because they do have some guys on expiring deals that they have to bring back, and they're still a young team. They, they're they going to need their draft picks yesterday to find some players at, at starting positions for the future. And, you know, I, I don't want to get too far ahead, but if you're looking ahead, you're looking at, you know, maybe a corner because Trey Waynes hasn't been able to stay healthy. You don't really know what you have there. You're looking into your offensive line. You're looking right tackle maybe interior defensive line where they have three guys that are free agents after this year, and and maybe an edge rusher, right? Even though Joseph Osai is coming back. So you're looking at all these spots, and even tight end, where CJ Zama is a free agent. Maybe they need a guy there. So Mm -hmm. uh, trading away your picks, I I know they have free agency on the other side of this too, but it it is a dangerous game, and it does get you very much into win-now mode. And I'm not saying the Bengals shouldn't be there, but for the Bengals front office, they really need to decide, are we going for this now, now, or do we want to maybe make that push next year? Do we, do we truly believe that we're good enough to do it this year? And, Mm -hmm. and so I think that that is a difficult decision that, you know, they'll have to find the, the happy, you know, middle ground that, that doesn't mortgage the future too much because they're still very much building for the future on Joe Burrow's rookie deal. That being said, I mean, You name some guys, some other names. I'm going to credit JR at JRBP for some of these names as well. Derek Barnett, Daquan Jones, Draymond Jones, Ted Karras, uh, Andrew Norwell. Those are some guys out there that could potentially be some trade targets. I I like those names. Joe Goodberry added Charles Harris to the list, an edge rusher from Detroit. So some guys that if any of these names come up uh, connected to the Bengals, you'd be happy with and maybe don't cost you an arm and a leg, but It is, you know, very much a zero sum game. Something has to give.
4: And that's the thing that I I think realistically the late round picks could be available. Like, I don't think the Bengals are giving up a three or a four. Some people are saying the and Howard, like a two or a one. Like I just, I don't think that part's realistic, but you are, you're trying to thread the needle of give your young quarterback what he needs so they can go yeah, or give this defense what they need so they can go. And why I think that the Bengals might make a move is because they've, they've been so aggressive in free agency to address their weaknesses. And I think they truly trust this coaching staff when the coaching staff says, Hey, we need an edge rusher. By the way, I know for a fact the coaching staff knows that they need another edge. I don't think there's any, a secret that the interior of the Bengals offensive line, specifically right guard and center needs to be much, much better. So if those are two weaknesses, why not address it? And the other thing, and I'll throw out an, name they could use because drew sample, let's be honest, it's not been great. It wouldn't be bad if they, they ended up with that, you know, another tight end that could be a weapon for Joe and also, a, you know, block regularly. So could they get Hayden Hurst for a late round pick and then just let him walk? You know, I, I would be open to that. He's a great pass catching tight end that that can do a lot. And uh, you know, he might not have delivered on that first round status, but guess what? You're not giving up a first rounder for him. So there are a lot of guys that I think could help this team. And I just hope I've asked Zach Taylor about 52 different ways uh, about the deadline and he's good at dodging it as he should be. But the one theme that T Higgins said that Zach said last week uh, that the Bengals have said is they don't think whoever they add is gonna disrupt their team chemistry. So I know there are some that have said that like, oh, there's such a team and you know the chemistry in the locker room and everything's going well. And why would you wanna disrupt that? You wanna disrupt it because you need to be good enough It's not just, oh, things are roses and sunshine. It's all right. It's third and three. We need this guy out of the way so Joe Mixon can get four yards. Or we need to make sure we sack Baker Mayfield right now with the game on the line uh, to get the six and three before the bye. And so try to find guys that can do that. And hopefully they do.
3: Disruption is not always a bad thing. Coming up next, we'll talk with Bengals, Sands, Mike Santagano, why the Bengals didn't do more or what they tried to do or not do to disrupt Mike White in route to his fantastic debut at our expense. That's coming up next. Time to
4: talk about the Get Upside app, the app that is going to save you money. It's incredible. All you got to do is grab your smartphone and first make sure you're subscribing to the Locked on Bengals podcast or following, depending on where you get your podcast. But you grab your smartphone, you go to the app store, you go to Google Play, and you type in Get Upside. You download the app for free. And you're going to save money on every gallon of gas that you purchase every time you fill up. And with promo code TOUCHDOWN, you're going to get up to a bonus 25 cents on your first fill up per gallon. So on your first, this is a free app. On your first fill up, you could save up to 50 cents per gallon. It's free money. You take advantage of it. Maybe you give it to the Bengals so they can take it and use it at the trade deadline. Oh, wait, it doesn't work that way. That's free agency. But you get my point. Save money right now with GetUpside. Use promo code TOUCHDOWN to get a bonus $0.25 off per gallon. That's up to $0.50 off per gallon right now with the GetUpside app.
0: This is David Harrison of the Locked On Commanders podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Discover. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone?
3: that was and we're going to start on the defensive side of the ball because i remain convinced that between the two sides of the ball for the bengals the defense had the worst game you can point to the jamar chase drop early You can point to the untimely interception late but regardless the bengals gave up 34 points to mike white's jets and that came with no passes targeted more than 20 yards downfield a preponderance of passes short of the sticks and a ton of yards after catch 15 missed tackles, according to Zach Taylor, which agrees by the way, with pro football Focus's charting of missed tackles. And as always, we're going to talk with our friend, Mike, who you can follow at Bengals underscore stands on Twitter and Mike without too much context required, what went wrong with this Bengals defense and what did they try to do to adjust or not do to adjust and why didn't it work?
5: Yeah, so early on, they had some stuff that worked. What I saw that worked pretty well were some of these fire zones. And what you're doing in that is you're going to bring five guys and play zone behind it. For the audio guys, you can get a little glimpse on YouTube of the drawing of it. But your basic fire zone right here, just the three deep coverage behind it. You bring in the slot corner. You're going to bring your four guys underneath and play it that way. You could also bring a linebacker as well and then drop one of the defensive ends or defensive tackles into coverage. And some people get upset when they see that, but the pressure is supposed to get home before those guys get taken advantage of. And overall, I thought those worked okay. Um, Probably bought, brought more than a handful, just a little bit more than a handful of those early on. And they worked well. The, the jets only scored seven points going into like a two minute drive in the first half so they were doing an okay job getting some interceptions stopping them uh, everything like that and then they got away from that and they kind of just dropped they showed cover three showed cover two and they would just drop right into it and mike white not some well-known draft pick he wasn't selected second overall like a zach wilson but he's played against cover three especially spot drop cover three cover two quarters quarter quarter half all of that probably since he was about 15 years old in high school. Uh, So he knows how to beat it. And the offensive coordinator, Mike LaFleur, does a really good job of targeting linebackers in space specifically. He's from the Shanahan tree. That's what they do. Uh, And Logan Wilson was the victim of that. LaFleur kind of put the red triangle on him, put him in conflict on a lot of plays, and they gained a crap ton of yardage off of that. (laughs)
3: And and you My. could say the same thing for Jermaine Pratt. Sorry, James. I just want to point out one stat real quick before we go to the next question, which is the Bengals blitz Mike White on eight of his 47 dropbacks. That's just 17% on those plays. He had a PFF grade of 45. He completed 62% of his passes for 4.6 yards per attempt. That's like a, a, something you're okay with as a defensive coordinator when he wasn't blitzed. 9.9 9 yards per attempt on an 86.5% completion percentage. So the blitz, while they did give up a touchdown early, seemed to be working, uh, and then they got away from it. So sorry, James, just wanted to throw that stat out there to go in line with the conversation around blitzing early.
4: Yeah, so let's tie it in, because I think there's two drives that define the game defensively. The Bengals go up 17-7, and Mike White pulls a Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase with no Jamar Chase on offense. And they just go, I think it was three passes, three first downs. They march right downfield and cut it to 17-14 before the half. And then fast forward, Mike, to it's uh, score-wise 31-20, seven minutes to go. And the Jets just march right downfield in score. Those are the two pivotal moments. If you get a stop there, I think you have the momentum going into halftime. You get the ball out of halftime. Things just feel different. Same thing for the end. It felt like it was over with the stop. The Bengals don't get a stop. When you watch the All-22 of those two drives, why could the Bengals not stop Mike White? Was it some of the same stuff? Were they not blitzing? What what went into that? Because those are the two drives, at least to me, that define the game for this defense.
5: Not many blitzes on either one of those drives. I mean, not many blitzes in the entire second half, really. But on that drive, you're talking about the two-minute two minute drill, Mike White to uh, – who Braxton Berrios? Was that his touchdown? I don't remember, but uh, yeah, yeah, it was Berrios. Berrios' touchdown. Yeah, I mean, everybody knows about that connection. Um, so they're they're working downfield, and really, the Bengals again. I kind of mentioned this. I was talking about the fire zones, but this was around when they just kind of they showed cover two, and they just played cover two. They showed cover three, and they just played cover three. Even when they got into stuff like three buzz, where you're supposed to spin your safeties where one will rotate deep from one of the hashes and the other hash, he's going to drop down. They already, they are, they rotated before the snap. There was no confusion about it. And when I think about trying to beat some young quarterback, making his first ever start, I think about a lot of, I mean, you want to play things a little bit simple so you don't confuse yourself. But I think about confusing the quarterback, rotating your coverage shell, spinning the safeties, holding after the snap and then trying to rotate your safeties. Cause that's where the quarterback reads usually start specifically, usually the weak safety, because in cover three, he's the one that is going to rotate back and, or spin down. Uh, but yeah, anyway, <laughs> sorry. Um, I, they just didn't try to confuse him. They just got into what they get into and they let Mike floor really run a lot of the San Francisco 49ers offense, some jet motion, just some motion into empty just trying to isolate and you're playing all these zone coverages. You're going to have Jermaine Pratt, Logan Bolson over top of slot receivers like Jamison Crowder. So isolating them in space and you just have to get out of it. Eventually you, you, you can't just keep dropping into the same zone from the same look, especially when they're killing you like this. The thing with the fire zones is that there is some confusion. They don't know who's coming. The coverage shell looks different than what it looks like afterwards. Just should have tried confusing them to me.
3: And they almost got a pick six out of one of those fire zones when they did drop Sam Hubbard into coverage that Cheeto Awuzier jumped and and almost came down with. And if he lands on his feet and can take off with it, probably going for a touchdown. And instead that pass fell harmlessly to the turf. So something to that and something to, I think, all of the fans clamoring for why are we just dropping into these zones and making it easy at the same time. Was there anything in execution? Because – you go back to what they did against the Ravens, and all these things were are saying they could have done in this game. They kind of did more of in that game, where there was more post snap changing and rotation, and and trying to confuse Lamar Jackson and the Ravens while maintaining a focus on stopping the run. So, is is that something that was an execution issue in the way they were playing the zones? Lou Anarumo in his press conference said the linebackers were, for example, getting too much depth in their spot drops or something like that.
5: Yeah, and I I. I agree with him. I think you saw plenty of times Logan Wilson or Jermaine Pratt or Keem Davis Gaither or a few snaps Marcus Bailey. They drop back, and they're hitting 10, 12 yards, and Mike White's not throwing the ball 10, 12 yards. So really you got to tighten those up. you got to make an adjustment at some point, and they just never did. They didn't tighten anything up. You see what what teams do to Joe Burrow when they get in that 3-by-2 spread static empty stuff. And they play quarters with both safeties sitting at ten yards and sometimes coming downhill to eight. That's what the Packers were doing. And if you got a quarterback that won't throw the ball and challenge those safeties, why would you take them deep? So I know you don't want to get beat deep for a quick touchdown, but at the same time, if he's make not gonna it. throw the ball. Yeah, if he's not gonna throw the ball, make him prove it, make him throw the ball downfield. There's there's I'd rather they got beat one time deep. Than watching Mike White just throw a one-yard flat route and Logan Wilson's too slow to get out there and Michael Carter's running upfield again—that happened time and time again. And you just they need help. They needed safety help
4: down low instead of deep. In the three safety look that we've seen, Ricardo Allen played I think 12 snaps. Darius Phillips had one snap. So it's not like they were overusing their defensive backs that you know can play. I don't know that that part stood out to me when I looked at the snap counts.
5: Ricardo Allen was a lot on that one drive that you're talking about, the two minute warning before the half. Uh, And really all they did was just play dime with Von Bell as a linebacker. They didn't do anything really interesting with the three safeties. They just played their normal coverages and put Von Bell in the box. So it's not like they tried to disguise or confuse the quarterback. Like I've been saying, they just, they got into what they got into and they played it. And that's just not what you want to do against a rookie quarterback.
3: It sounds like, you know, they just thought their guys would be better than the Jets guys, which is a mistake the Ravens made against the Bengals last week, but they did it in a different way. They thought that, you know, they could just play zone and Mike White would just screw up, but Mike White instead was quite accurate. You mentioned the linebackers too. One more stat before we get out of here. I think Mike White targeting the linebackers in primary coverage completed 23 of 26 passes for a boatload of yards. So not a good day to remember for the linebackers in tackling or in coverage. Some good things on the offensive side of the ball, some things that weren't so good. There's always things to learn for, learn from in losses, and we'll get into the other side of the ball to finish up the show coming up next.
4: In life, we're all bound for different things. The Bengals could be bound for the playoffs, or maybe not after Sunday's loss to the Jets. But with BeachBound.com vacations, if they don't make the playoffs, they could be bound for adventure, or you could, bound for passion, bound for discovery, bound for togetherness. There's nothing better than going to the beach. And I think all of us probably needed to go to the beach after Sunday. Well, when I'm at a beach resort, the last thing I'm worried about is whether or not the Bengals won. So maybe I need a beach vacation. What do you think, Jake? So if you're trying to hit the beach, whether it's this winter as the the temperature's cool here in Cincinnati, you can check out beachbound.com because it's the spot to go to to book your beach vacation. Again, beachbound.com.
0: You can listen to alternate routes early and ad free right now by joining Wondery plus.
3: I would love to be at a beach right now, James. I don't want to be, it's, it's like raining outside. It's gray. It's cold and the Bengals just what, did something that I don't want to watch. I don't want to, I don't want to do.
4: you guys have the same weather in on Vancouver Island as we do here
3: in the Midwest? Like, is it similar? For, no, I mean, no, the, the seasons here are, are less extreme but we do have seasons. There's less snow. It's like Seattle weather. Okay.
4: All right. So, cause it's like bone chillingly cold, even though it's like 55 right now in Cincinnati, yeah. just cause yeah. it's,
3: it's rainy and dreary and yeah. crappy out. I hate it. It's probably a little bit colder here than that. It's probably like 50 or, or high forties and raining. It's, yeah. Yeah. It's lower
4: this week. It's a, it's a worse week, which, you know, has me thinking about beachbound.com a little bit more. I can it still do no- the podcast from there.
3: It is November. Hey, I did the podcast from Florida. We can do it anywhere. All you need is a microphone and a camera. But let's talk Cincinnati Bengals internet. offense. Yeah, I guess you need the internet. Whatever. There's 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 satellites everywhere. We we got we got a podcast from the Rocky Mountains on this network. He's a satellite internet. Where there's a will, there's a way. Uh, let's talk Bengals offense. I remember most. The Riley Reith sack allowed. But that was the only pressure he gave up the whole game according to Pro Football Focus. Jonah Williams had a good game according again to Pro Football Focus. And after I looked at those grades and thought back on the game, I thought, yeah, the tackles actually were fine. The center and the right guard, uh, right guard being Trey Hill for some very important and bad snaps late in the game. And Quentin Spain even gave up his first sack, I believe, of the year, maybe second sack of the year. When you evaluated the trench play, Mike, what did you see? And was it untimely stuff? Because I thought mostly Burrow was fairly well protected. There were a couple times he took some sacks on, like, a looper, a long-developing passing play, or the one bad loss for Riley Reef, But, you know, it didn't seem awful but at the same time the Bengals couldn't run the ball so what was your eval of the trenches
5: yeah no uh, last thing you mentioned makes it rough when you're an offensive lineman and you can't run the ball and these defensive linemen get to start teeing off that's never a great situation with the way the Bengals like to play five five out in the passing pattern they get no help but the real mismatch was trying to put Quinnon williams and uh, sheldon rankins on center and right garden even Quentin Spanks, I believe it was one of them that got the sack off of him. That was the fourth down play as well. So that was a very timely sack. <laughs> um, yeah, the, to me, that was the biggest mismatch. I thought the tackles, for the most part, were fine. Like you said, Riley Reef did give up the strip sack. And you never like to see that, especially that you lose one snap when you're an offensive lineman and it's a strip sack. You're going to get roasted and yeah. you're the – Ter- you're terrible in this game. It's like you play a really good game, other than that. So the the issue was the guys that I don't think they gave up a sack really. The center and right guard. Did they give up a sack? I don't I don't have it in front of me, but um
3: the, the sacks I, allowed in this game were charted by pro football focus. One to Quinton Spain, one to Riley Reef. Uh both of those I clearly remember, and one to Trey Hopkins, which I don't necessarily remember off the top of my it, head, but they killed him. It would have yeah. been the
4: one it would have been the one uh that
3: ended their final drive. Oh, that yeah. came on a looper all the way around, didn't it? Like that came from center and he looped all the way around the outside and came around.
4: I would have to but, watch it again. Did, did you watch pro- Sands? <laughs> <laughs> uh
5: do you remember that one? I didn't get to that play in time. So I off memory. It's okay. It's yeah, it's uh, probably going to be that Trey Hopkins didn't get enough depth to help take the crash so that the looper ends up getting around free because of he wasn't there to help on the guy crashing inside is what I would assume, and I'm going to check this out after this podcast, and I'll put it up on Twitter. Maybe by the time you hear this, I'll have a, a video of it up on Twitter. So check that out. Um, hey, but yeah, to my, me, it's interior, interior pressure. Sure.
4: Yeah. So let yeah let's talk about the interior a little more because I led the show off and we talked about the trade deadline and uh, it was all trenches for me. I was all about it and we're obviously talking about offense right now. So interior wise, it seems like, and I think a lot of fans feel like, for some reason, third and short. Obviously, the goal line yesterday, yesterday, Sunday at the now, um, Joe Mixon struggles there, can't get it across the goal line. Then it's you know second and three. Or second from and goal from the three, they can't get it, and they just continue to struggle in these short yardage situations. Is it all on the interior? What are you seeing? And it's not just necessarily what you saw on Sunday, but it seems like that's been a theme now through uh, essentially half the season is that the interior is struggling on these short yardage situations to get any push.
5: I would say, really, it, the interior does struggle to get push in short yardage situations where they they're going to run the ball, and especially against talented front people like Quinn and Williams. I'd also say that a little bit. We're, we're pretty far into the season. I think Zach Taylor and Brian Callen, whoever else should know the offensive weaknesses at this point and not run inside zone right at the strength of the jets defense twice in a row. But they tried that got backed up and then Jamar chase drops the touchdown. And then another mess up by the interior as there's a sack from Quentin Spain's guys. So They really struggled on that drive specifically. And I think overall, if you want to look at it, it's a little bit of them. And it's a little bit of, at this point, you should probably stop on third and short trying to run up the middle, especially from shotgun. Uh, Even their, I mean, I think Josh Bynes knew what it was, but even that he got tackled for a loss on a quarterback sneak. That shouldn't happen.
3: They did score a touchdown. Out of that shotgun set, and I think you you tagged me in a tweet right after that. You said you thought that was the first time they ran duo instead of inside zone out of the gun in that goal line situation.
5: It was, yeah. And I mean, it was a touchdown. Great results. Joe Mixon made a guy miss in the backfield.
3: He did, (laughs) and that's that was going to be my next point. Uh, A quick little stat here from Andrew Russell, who works for PFF. PFF underscore Andrew R on Twitter. A couple things. First off. Bengals running backs, according to their charting, are averaging 0.7 yards before contact, which is tied for the worst in the NFL. This is despite the offense generally overall grading at an 82.6, which is second in the NFL on outside zone attempts. So they're really good at outside zone and not so good at inside zone and not so good at, at what PFF categorizes as man they're they're pretty average i would say in their their pool lead category of grading but those stats really stand out to me when we talk about the the struggles on the interior and <laughs> 0.7 yards before contact like i know that number's never going to be super high in a modern running game but it's tied for worse in the nfl and that i think is a problem um I think one last thing to hit on here, unless you have something else after this, James, and if you do feel free to jump in, but, uh, Zach Taylor said after the game that the, the jets were hellbent on not allowing explosive plays to Jamar chase. They were clouding him. They were doubling him. They were bracketing him. Is that what you saw from what you observed on the all 22? Were they really just rolling safeties that way and saying, you're not going to beat us with Jamar chase by himself?
5: Yeah, I mean, I didn't see a lot of true doubles because that doesn't happen that often in the NFL. I I think when even when the Bengals played Devontae Adams, the only time I saw a true double team was on the fourth down and or was that third down and long play at Randall Cobb caught. So it just doesn't happen that often. But cloud coverage, yes. And more than that, I did see them get into things like single high and just take that safety, that post safety, roll them over. And what that helps with is – that's one reason T Higgins had some explosive plays. He's isolated one-on-one with a cornerback without help. Um, When you're going to, especially because the Bengals like to put Jamar chase on the one side of a three by one type of formation. Usually the safety is going to lean a little bit towards the three, but with Jamar chase, they're starting to lean a little bit towards the one. And now you got three guys one-on-one with their defender, whether it's man or zone, if they're going vertical, it's basically man to man either way. So I think there were two big plays T Higgins and both of them came because safeties are trying to stop Jamar chase from getting over the top. And even with all that, he's still isolated on the goal line and he should have had two touchdowns, dropped one, but he's still getting his in the end zone. He's just, when they're on the minus 20, so to say, like they, they're, they they have 80 yards to go. They're going to not let him get 80 yards. Like the Ravens did. They they're not just going to put a guy on him just because he's their best corner. So, yeah, rotate the safety. It was the main thing I saw. I saw a little bit of cloud type of coverage, which is just cornerback, press jam, drop off, and there's a safety behind him. Basically, they always just had a safety over top of him. They didn't want him to get deep and catch a go ball, which I don't think he did for the first time all year. I think he caught a go ball in basically every other game.
3: He did. Even if, yeah. even if it was of the back shoulder variety. Sorry, James. No, you're good. He had a reception
4: of 34 or more yards in every game. Uh, up until Sunday. So yeah, that, so that streak snapped, but look, I, I would expect Robert Salah to, to do that and take him away a bit. And yet the, the screen, the interception, it seemed like Zach Taylor thought that was going to go for big yards to chase. And I do wonder, and I'm going to go back and look at that play specifically. He's like, man, if that gets to chase, it's him versus a safety. And I think we've, we've seen chase enough now to, to like Chase's chances. So um that's the the crazy part if that doesn't get picked who knows so you know what we could be having a completely different conversation right now yeah well, i think I, we i think we are sorry mike i
5: was gonna say i agree with him on that the just the fantastic play from defensive end get his hands up and then i also think the bengals got a little bit interesting just as a last point with jamar chase they said okay you're gonna take away the deep stuff so they ran their slot fade which usually have a running back on the hitch and jamar chase or whoever on the fade they put joe mixon on the fade and jamar chase on the hitch wide open because the if they're playing cloud that guy's got to sink to try and get in the window of the fade Mm. and that's how you saw that play where he gained a bunch of yards after after the catch it was just they got real interesting with uh they're gonna have to do a little bit more of it but they got interesting with the idea of we're gonna get jamar chase some free yards underneath then if you're gonna play over the top yeah that was fun
4: That, that was a fun little twisty
3: twirly you're not going to tackle me <laughs> on the sideline. That was fun to watch. And and that's his skill after the catch. And that's him being a complete receiver. So it gives you that option. And I think my tweet after that play is sure it's nice when you can throw a three-yard hitch to Jamar Chase and it turns into an explosive play. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that that that's a weapon that, that this team has and will be able to use going forward. Didn't talk much with you, Mike, about the four-man rush getting home, but we did talk about it at the top. So we'll see if the Bengals make any moves at the trade deadline to reinforce either side of the trenches nfl trades tend to be unpredictable uh they tend to be rare i don't think anybody really saw von miller to the rams before uh that news broke on monday morning so we'll see if the bengals make any moves and we will have that news for you right here on the locked on bengals podcast as quickly as we can if the bengals do make a trade until next time bengals fans who and have a good one